Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast, hosted by yours truly, Gabby Worsrink, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between, so you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to come on today. I took a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast just because (laughs) I don't like to force anything when I don't feel like called to speak on a topic. I also had a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that we had a leak in our garage when all the snow and ice was melting. We had like three feet of snow on the garage and it was fairly flat and it was just causing a lot of leakage when everything was draining. So that was fun. We had to move a lot of stuff into the house because it was damaging, going to start to damage um, like vanities that we have for our bathrooms and things like that. So we had to move a bunch of stuff, cover stuff in plastic, raise it off the ground. Um, And while that was happening, we were also renovating and gutting our bathroom. So the bathroom's fully gutted and we're just going to start laying tile and redoing the drywall and all that kind of stuff um, soon. So a lot of stuff was going on with that. And also I'm planning the spring launch for the shop so i've been ordering new scrunchies and new colors um, making some crystal bracelets and i have some other fun things i'm going to add into so i can't wait to share that with you guys but yeah so that was kind of priority was just dealing with all that kind of stuff and i just again didn't feel inspired to speak on any topic so i wanted to just take a break and come back when i felt called to so i shared a blog in the GB Collective all about dairy because dairy is something that I've actually added back into my diet and I've posted about it in my stories. Like I'll share, you know, I had a grilled cheese or, you know, I'm having some apple and cheese or, you know, having butter uh, or buffalo milk in my coffee. And some people were just asking like, okay, are you having dairy? You know, isn't it problematic? Isn't it causing inflammation or acne and things like that? So I wanted to make a blog going really in depth about dairy because it's one of those foods that, I mean, growing up, I keep saying growing up, I've said this before, um, not growing up, but basically like going into the nutrition world and going to school for nutrition and just being surrounded by nutritionists and health coaches and things like that, dairy has been demonized. And I was guilty of saying like dairy is inflammatory, dairy is causing your period problems, dairy is causing this, this, and this. And I just constantly heard it right it was just kind of echoed with everybody it was kind of like this general consensus of like dairy's bad just cut it out um but i noticed that all the dairy free products that i was opting to use instead were full of a lot of industrial seed oils like canola sunflower safflower um lots of nuts and seeds and they, they do take a lot of nuts and seeds to create those products so things like cashew cheese things like that um i was consuming a lot of because i was just like craving dairy i was like i need dairy i wanted it but i knew it was bad and i had a lot of really like fear around it and so uh i took a step back and i realized okay wow like why is dairy demonized like what's the problem with it and i started to dig deeper into the sourcing of it nutritional profile and how that can affect it um how the animals raised um the types of milk different animals um Sorry, that's my phone. I should turn that ringer off. Um, uh, Yeah, so sourcing, uh, processing is huge. So homogenization, pasteurization, it literally all affects the outcome of the dairy and ultimately how the dairy affects you. And also how your the state of your body essentially the state of your gut is so important too we'll dive into that later but i started to realize okay dairy is not the problem it might just be you know how your body is when you're consuming dairy the types of dairy you're consuming and the sourcing of it 
and the processing. So I took a step back and I started to add in dairy in my own um, diet. And I, I will also say too, like I've had clients in the past where they're like, you know, I'm like, do you eat dairy or do you avoid dairy? Because some people will just um, avoid dairy themselves because they know that it doesn't, you know, react well with their body. And um, I've had clients that were like, I love cheese and I don't feel bad for like from eating it and I enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to tell you to cut it out because if you're enjoying it and you don't feel any bad symptoms, there's nothing wrong with it. I just tell them like, okay, here's some good brands to choose or this is what to look for in a good quality cheese um, and to avoid, you know, these types of cheeses or these brands. So that's why something that I've kind of had the philosophy of with clients, I've never wanted to tell you like cut this out and cut this out and, you know, don't eat the foods you enjoy. So um, when I decided to add dairy back in, I was like really worried. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it and just see what happens. So I added it back in. You guys have noticed on Instagram, I've been doing that. And I also um, did a little poll on my stories when I shared that blog in the collective. I asked you guys, do you want to add dairy back in or are you curious about adding dairy back in but are you fearful of it and I forget what percentage what I think it was like 86 or 90 percent of you guys said yes you want to add it back in but you have a lot of fear around it and so I really wanted to create a podcast that kind of summarizes what I talked about in that blog um not I don't have all the details that I'm going to go over but I'm going to do like a quick little overview just to give you like a little like dip your toes in and just kind of plant the seed of you know there are ways to add dairy in and you can choose better options if you do want dairy because for me I was feeling very restricted for not having dairy and I don't want to live my life like that ever so yeah we'll go back to what I mentioned earlier. Um, I'll start off by saying that dairy is not the problem. And so once we talk about our guts, the state of our guts and the over-processing and the sourcing of dairy, we realize that, okay, it's actually this conventional over-processed dairy and our stressed out, damaged, compromised guts that are actually causing the problems. Because dairy actually has, I would say like it's considered a complete food, which is what I've been reading a lot about it. And if you look at it, you know, it does have a balance of protein, fat, and carbs. And so if you're choosing quality dairy and and sources and types that work for your body can actually be a very good thing to add in. So it's really rich in calcium, which we all know, um, magnesium, potassium, selenium, um, and and fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A and other ones like B, um, D, and K. So really, honestly, it's they're generally like not a bad food. It's it's pretty nutrient dense and packed into like a small thing, a small amount that you could have every single day. Um, but we will go into, you know, how the cows are raised, what they're fed, um, because that's really going to impact the nutritional profile. So if you have a cow that's being fed, you know, uh, soybeans and corn and, you know, genetically modified foods and just all kinds of not so great foods that are not natural to their diet, they're not going to have that optimal nutritional profile. And so there's actually some studies done that have looked at grass-fed dairy compared to conventional dairy and grass-fed dairy actually has three to five times more CLA which is conjugated linoleic acid Um, and CLA is actually something when I worked at a health food store people would come into the health food store and it was in our weight loss section which I hated that there was a weight loss section but there's weight loss section and people would come in and they would want CLA and they would literally spend like 24 to 50 dollars on a bottle um, just depending on you know the brand and all that kind of stuff but they would pay money to get this synthetic or this derived you know nutrient product um, 
to lose weight when they could be getting it from a whole food source from a quality dairy and you could literally spend that much money per month on like quality dairy and get that naturally and it would actually work more synergistically with your body because you are getting it with other nutrients and it's going to be absorbed best so that's just like one little thing that affects dairy but also you're going to have more of the saturated fats in dairy which is better for our bodies it's more heat stable and it's not going to cause inflammation like um the poly unsaturated fatty acids like vegetable oil, canola oil, nuts and seeds, and things like that. So um, we're also going to talk about pasteurization and homogenization, which is things that I were never on my radar before. Um, I'm I learned a little bit about it in school, but not a whole lot. So pasteurization is, a, is essentially a process of heating foods to really high temperatures. And this is to kill off bacteria and pathogens. This is something that came in to play in the food industry to prevent um, milk from going bad and to also basically when they industrialized all of dairy and all kinds of food, uh, parts of the food industry, they wanted to, you know, obviously make it across the board all the same. They didn't want to have um, any issues with bacteria and people getting sick and all that kind of stuff when you're when you're making on such a mass scale. So the, the sad part about this though is that it also kills off good bacteria and a lot of enzymes that are naturally in there to help you digest it and some nutrients too. So ideally we want to avoid pasteurized milk or you can choose a farm um, that will pasteurize milk at a lower temperature, like the lowest legal temperature they have to, or you can get raw milk that's not pasteurized at all. In Ontario, pa uh, raw milk is illegal, which is I think it's insane. Um, if you own your own animals or own a cow at a farm, you are allowed to go and get obviously your own milk because it's your own animal and you can do what you want, but they can't legally sell it. And some farmers have actually um, been fined and went to jail over raw milk. Like they were giving it to people or they were allowing people to come onto their farm and get it from their animals. So kind of crazy when you look at it um, that that is considered a crime when they're just trying to get them like whole, you know, un low, like low minimal processed food that's just natural and whole right from the animal. Anyways, so yeah, we want to ideally choose low temperature pasteurization if you that's all you can find. And you can ask the farms if you have a local farm or you can read it. Sometimes they will have it on their bottles or on their website. I get my milk from, I think it's called Hope Farm and it's buffalo water buffalo milk and it's non-homogenized, which I will dive into next, but it's also, they, they mention that it's pasteurized, of course, but it's pasteurized at the lowest possible temperature that they have to. So they don't pasteurize it super high. Um, they do the most minimal that they have to. Next up is homogenization. So this is another process that I honestly had no clue was a thing and didn't understand it. But once you understand it, you can be like, okay, this is definitely affecting my gut and can definitely affect how your body reacts. So homogenization is essentially a process of intensely blending or emulsifying your food. So emulsif emulsification is when you blend the fat into the liquid. So naturally, when if you were to go milk a cow, um, the cream will rise to the top. So my Nana would tell me stories about like on the farm when she was younger, they would have fresh milk on the table and you would like scoop the cream off the top because it would naturally separate and it would never stay together. So of course, what the food industry has done over the course of decades is that they wanted to make food like perfect and that people would like it and that it would all be, you know, look really nice and all be the same. So um, everything has been homogenized because people don't want to see like little chunks in their mouth. They don't want to have the fat separated because, you know, 
I guess people don't want that. Um, but unfortunately, this homogenization process can damage the milk fats, the proteins, and the enzymes, which also help you digest your food. Um, and this can cause gut irritation as well because they essentially... Um, shove oxygen molecules into the fat molecules and so when that comes into your gut and it's trying to be digested you're actually increasing your bloating your gas and that can reduce nutrient absorption as well so that can cause a lot of issues um, having homogenized milk so i opt for the water buffalo milk that's pasteurized at a low temperature and i also um get make sure it's not homogenized so that's really important to me too um, another th important thing too is that Buffalo milk is similar to sheep's and goat's milk. It's A2 dairy and it's a lot more easier to digest. So just something to keep in mind if you do want to opt for dairy, that might be a better option for you. Um, so yeah, I know that was kind of like long-winded, but that's essentially like the, the main processing that can really affect the type of dairy that you have. So from best to worst, number one, raw is the best. And I can't wait until I can have my own farm and homestead and have my own animals because I think it will just be amazing to go get fresh milk from my animals and I'll have to process it. Um, a second one would be pasteurized at a low temperature, um, non-homogenized grass-fed whole milk. So trying to keep it less altered and less processed. Still processed, but you know, it's the best that we can do. Um, third one would be pasteurized, homogenized, whole, organic. And then the last option that you'd want to pick, you know, if you could only get the best of the best would be pasteurized and homogenized organic 2% or 1%. Ideally, you want to go for the whole milk because it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be, you're not losing the fat, sorry. So the fats are a good part of it and important. Anyway, so yeah, that is kind of a quick little rundown of best to worst. So if you have a budget or if you only get access to certain types of milk, that is what you can look at to choose your best option. And I always say like, just do, do the best that you can with your budget and your accessibility to food, because I know that not everyone has accessibility to a farm or to um, stores that have these options of food. So my recommendation is just do the best that you can with what you have, what you have access to, and just research local farms, talk to people in your community and find out what you can do. So yeah, that's just a little rundown there. Um, but now to the more exciting and important part is how to start adding it back into your diet. So I think we can all relate to this where you will cut dairy out for weeks or months and then you feel like I really want some dairy or you're at a party or you're somewhere, you're out and you're like, I really want some dairy. So you'll have, you know, a bunch of cheese, you'll have nachos or like a cheesy dip um, or whatever it might be. And then the next day or later that night or a few hours later, you'll be like, oh my God, dairy doesn't work for me. I don't know why I did that. My gut feels horrible. I'm so bloated and gassy. Um, and I actually thought I was lactose intolerant for the longest time, but I started to realize, okay, there's underlying factors here. Um, but the problem is, especially when you cut dairy out for so long, is your body actually stops producing the lactase enzyme, which breaks down lactose in dairy. So a lot of us will be like, oh, I, I react so poorly to it, I can't digest it. But it's actually, part of the problem could be the type of dairy you're eating, but also your body is just like shocked because it's like, I haven't had this food in so long, I just am not ready to digest it and break it down. So we have to really look at the quality, the amount, um, and the state of our gut. So I would really recommend healing your gut and working on that. Um, 
before you add in dairy because if you're adding dairy into an already compromised gut you're gonna have issues no doubt so i would recommend doing a lot of easy to digest and and cooked foods so things like broths are really great for your gut Um, i have gelatin gummies i have the recipe up in the collective Um, cooked vegetables cooked root veggies ripe fruits or cooked fruits uh, fruit juices that are organic and cold pressed um, properly prepared green so properly prepared and soaked grains um grass-fed meats or the best quality meats that you can get access to um coconut oil grass-fed butter things like that are really good um and just avoiding a lot of like really irritating foods so things that are ultra processed or gluten-free foods that may have like gums in them and emulsifiers um excessive amounts of cruciferous vegetables like if you're pounding back like a half a plate of broccoli that's a really hard on your gut to digest so i would just you know not overdo it with that and not doing a lot of like nuts and seeds because that can also be really irritating on our guts um so yeah so healing the the gut is first and I work with clients to heal the gut and you know add different things in like bitters and different habits that really help promote gut health and stress is also a huge root of it as well so you have to really come at it from different angles that's just a quick overview of what you can do to start um, healing your gut and improving gut health Um, but what you can do is I would start with cheese so my favorite brand i've been using is l'ancetra it's from quebec and the ingredients are so good there's like three ingredients it's like bacterial culture dairy and like milk and um i forget what else but super super good they have like cheddar they have medium they have old love it so i would start with that and just have like a little tiny bit um, every single day um, and you could also do like a grass-fed ghee or butter that's going to be easier to digest as well um, and just trying your best to source the best quality if you can um, and if your body responds well to that just again start small don't overdo it and go crazy because this is the problem everyone goes nuts and adds in a ton of dairy all at once so just do a little bit cook your eggs in a little bit of butter one morning or have a little bit of cheese um, on your eggs or something like that um, and if you so if your body responds well, you can maybe try adding in milk if it's something that you want to do. Of course, don't add it in if you don't want to, but this is for people that want to have some milk or, you know, whatever. So um, again, I would look for like a buffalo milk, a goat milk, or an A2 cow's dairy. So this is a lot easier to digest. It's more similar to human milk. And yeah, it's just the, the comp- composition of it is just better for us to digest and it's optimal. So you want to look for that. Um, and again, look for brands that are lower pasteurized temperatures, non-homogenized. If you have access to raw and you're comfortable with it and you want to go for it. I know certain states that you can buy raw. So um, if you can get access to it, I would do it. Um, but yeah, start small, do like one to two ounces per day, just like a little tiny bit into maybe your eggs, like whip it up with your eggs, coffee, Um, And then from there, after one week of doing that, you could increase it another one to two ounces or however much you feel. You just have to listen to your body. Um, But just gradually introducing it and doing it in small amounts will help your body start to produce lactase um, regularly again. Because if you had no dairy for months or weeks, it's going to be a shock to your body if you start to like pound it back. So you want to just do it slow and steady and just be aware of it. And I would do like one at a time. So, you know, if you're going to just do butter, just do butter first, then add cheese a little bit later, just so you can tell like what your body responds well to. Because I know some people, some clients that I have that can do cheese really well, but they don't do milk. Um, And, you know, they can do butter, but they don't want to do milk. So it's really interesting to see how your body responds. I also have some clients who do Greek yogurt, um, but they don't do any other dairy. 
So really it's up to you and your body and you have to see what works for you. Um, but yeah, I used to label myself as lactose intolerant. I avoided it like crazy. Um, but you know, I have goat, uh, cheese every single day. I have buffalo milk every single day. If I can't get the buffalo milk I like, I will get an unhomogenized, um, low pasteurized cow's dairy. And, um, I also have like cottage cheese. I have cheese in my eggs. I'll have it as a snack. Um, and I like it. I'm doing well with it. So, um, just something to think about if you felt like you're restricted with dairy and you really want to have it, but you're, if you have a fear around it, you know, there's definitely a way you can add it in safely and enjoy it and, you know, support your body in the process. So yes, I hope that that was helpful and answered some questions. I know that it's a little bit of a touchy subject with some people because, you know, dairy is the devil. (laughs) in some people's eyes. And I mean, you know, no, um, hate to those people. I know some people that just don't want to add it back in. That's totally fine if that's your thing, but I never want to create fears around food. And I know I've done that in the past and I just, I want to help people. So if you are someone who wants to add in dairy and you're curious about it and you want to add in quality dairy, I hope that this was helpful. If you have any questions, please let me know. You can message me on Instagram. You can send me an email. I'll have it all linked down below. And if you want the full rundown and you're a visual person and want to see the blog, you can also join the collective. We have a free three-day trial, so I will link that down below as well. Um, I go a little bit more in depth in that too and give you guys some good resources and links to my favorite products and brands and what to look for. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'm super excited to be back to podcasting. If you have any topic suggestions or requests, please let me know too. Um, And if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple podcast. I really appreciate it. And we will see you next Monday for a new episode.